Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. I don't know about you guys, but. Uh it just really it grinds my gears <laughs> when somebody says instead of Mario Brothers, Mario Brothers. Oh, who the hell said Mario? It's these East Coast, these Northeast New England guys. Uh, have you ever seen Mario and his brother? If they're not, everybody thinks they're either Italian or Irish, and they got to put the Mario on it. Uh. Was there somebody that you like? Are we talking somebody face to face said Mario brother to you today, or was no? It- but I've noticed. So let's be real. The, the, it, it seems like a lot of the funny people out there, really good comedians, they kind of come from a general area for sure of the United States. Mm. Um, it's kind of a breeding ground for humor in a way. And a lot of them say Mario, not Mario. Oh my god! I'm like, I think we should know better. Yeah. Come on, it's only um, one of the like most popular video games ever. Like, I would say, yeah, it's got to be most. when it comes to a franchise. I mean, come on, I mean, you know, like Call of Duty. Sure, sure, has sure. kind of taken over. It's it, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, and, uh, and you know, Grand Theft Auto. Sure, and uh, Red Dead Redemption. You know, Red Dead. Oh, uh, speaking you know, of, <laughs> you know, there's just in the evolution of video games, you know. I kind of feel like Nintendo's fallen behind. It has. My grandparents used to call it an Nintendo. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, were you going to play Nintendo all day? Like, oh my God. Did you have one at NES? Oh, yeah. Growing up? <laughs> like, did you have like the gun and everything to play Duck Hunt? I didn't have the gun because that was like, you know, that's too much. I, I, I was a kid. I didn't ever want for anything, really. But. It was the accessory stuff that I just was not going to touch, like, oh, ever. So, rewind real quick. So, you were never that kid, like, in, like you would be spoiled, and if you were in a store with your folks and you saw something you really wanted, you would throw a fit if you if you didn't get it. Uh, like, I, you would beg to get it. I was a, I, I would kill them. I'd kill them. But I rarely ever threw a fit. I was healed on that quick. I was I was like four, 
and I we had this giveaway, and, and Santa was at like the the local movie theater. He was this is in a small town, and I didn't win the bike, and I wanted the bike, so I threw a fit outside, and I like hit my mom. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Well, I was, I, you know, like on the leg, you know, like, yeah! okay, like that, like on the leg or something. But no, nah, my grandma put it down, dude. She, she, like I, they let me get away with as far as like begging for like, please, 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 please. but throwing a fit, nope. No, no, no. And, uh, Man, doesn't it suck when you're around a little kid that likes to punch? Oh, jeez. It's so annoying. Oh, God. And you're looking at the parent like, what? Are you, am I supposed to throw a punch here? <laughs> Is that what, or do you throw the punch? Or How do you do this? How do we navigate this? Hate it. Hate it. Welcome to the game, Mitch Fortner with David G. Travion Birkeland is back. Trey, take a break from whatever you're doing because we need to get a concert uh, update here, a recap. Uh, because I was actually following the storyline on, on Twitter Sunday night, and it's probably because it, it was the whole parking situation, probably because the Royals also played that day uh, at Kauffman Stadium. But you went to see Beyonce yes. this past weekend. Give me uh, give me your thoughts. Uh, probably one of the best pop shows I've ever been to. How about that? Amazing stage show and just, I mean, amazing performer all around. Yeah, but, see her. Yeah, but she didn't uh, – there was no single ladies – there was no Halo. You know, I wasn't really missing them. Those songs are not my favorite. You know, she's doing a lot of her newer songs from when I was in middle school and into high school and stuff. So I was like, this is fine. You know, she did Crazy in Love. That's like the giant one, too. So it's like single ladies. I'm like, eh, you know, whatever. I mean, it was big when, you know, when Austin Powers gold member came out it was pretty big <laughs> massive massive um but i figured i i would think single ladies was the one did she sing like, that was the top hit gold member no oh. that's too long disco ago. disco oh yeah i remember that song yeah, yeah, man. yeah, yeah. she went off on that one that was <laughs> that was a long time ago. foxy cleopatra and i'm foxy cleopatra and i'm a whole lot of woman the only complaint i would have <laughs> Who knew David G could do a <laughs> Beyonce in Austin Powers yeah. impression? Dude, that's my that's my niche right there. <laughs> Some people have like uh, I'm a real good Donald Trump, you know, like no, I do a really good Beyonce in Goldmember. So that's one thing everybody <laughs> always thinks they can do a Donald Trump, and then they're like, not it's good bad, yeah. it's bad, it's bad. The only thing I have a complaint about is probably that she did a lot of songs from the new album, which is like you know, with any artist that's kind of you know. Nobody wants to hear the, a lot of new tunes. One or two. I mean, the album one was huge, though. It was a number one album. I had a couple big singles on it. And she did those big Debatable. singles. But, you know. You're like, you know why we're here. Right. You know what this is. Was it just her? Yes, it was just her. No opening act. She didn't come on till around 10 o'clock. I was going to say, because it was. it had to be because of the parking. It, it just took so long to get everybody in the- I, I don't know. I feel like, because I looked at, you know, if you go to like setlist.com, you can look at all the set lists sure. for the tour. Um, it seems like she kind of goes on stage whenever she wants, because one day it'll be 8.30, one date it'll be 8.45, another date it'll be 9 o'clock, 9.15, 9.30, and this was the last date on this entire tour, so I think she was just taking her sweet-ass time. Yeah. In my opinion. Because she's Beyonce. And also, I don't know if you heard, but Cardi B was there. So she was hanging out with Beyonce backstage, and then she came out from backstage, and everybody was like, oh, Cardi B's here. So everybody was like taking pictures of her while she was walking to the area, the designated area. So Somebody put a video uh, 
on social media of her like in downtown Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Really? But there wasn't like a whole lot of people around. She was just, like with people, I guess. Huh. And but I thought it was a fake. I didn't know if it was really her or not. Maybe somebody was just pretending. <laughs> I, so that you confirmed it then. Yep, Cardi B was there. It was the Cardi B. Because even Beyonce on stage, she was like, "Cardi's here." Hey, Cardi. What was your reaction? Did you freak out a little bit? No. Okay. I mean, where were a, your seats? Uh, they were like, I don't even know how to describe it. You know, I've never been to Arrowhead before, so I, it was way more intimate than I thought I was going to be. Hmm. Um, so I was still pretty high up, but I had a good view. When you heard, have you seen her before? Nope. So when you heard her voice for the first, isn't that weird? Oh my when goodness. you're like, oh God, that's the re- they're talking, man. Right, right. Yeah, she has a fantastic voice still. Yes. So. She's very beautiful also. Well, guys, it's Wednesday, and you know what that means. AEW. Oh, oh. Who do you think you are, The Rock, just cutting me (laughs) off like that? I thought you were going to do a Beyonce thing. AEW Dynamite tonight from Stockton (laughs) Arena in Stockton, Stockton, uh, California. rather. Uh, AEW just had their Russell Dream pay-per-view on Sunday. And guys, my sources were correct. Adam Copeland, a.k.a. Edge, he's a Hall of Famer from the WWE, made his debut in a crazy pop. Huge pop. He'll be actually wrestling, making his AEW wrestling debut in Kansas City. Next week, uh, which, by the way, it's not on Wednesday. It's going to be on Tuesday next week in Kansas City. Title Tuesday. And I can confirm uh, Soraya, who was formerly Paige in WWE, will be on tomorrow's show. Why, why is it Tuesday? I don't know. Hmm. I, don't, I don't like that. <laughs> Actually, it makes it more doable for me to maybe try to make it. I don't think I can, but I can maybe try. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, but it also means Derek Young from KCN Online. DY, sorry to keep you on hold for so long again. Uh, we got some uh, – well, actually, before we get to that, i got to ask you a, a real fun question out of the gate. Um, have you ever fanboyed uh, over b- anybody you saw in person? Mm. I just, you, you want to know something embarrassing? Absolutely. I think, uh, the only time I can remember – it's not for an actual person. I can't remember it. No. But I did when I saw Woody and Buzz Lightyear at Disney World. <laughs> yes. I mean, how do we not mark out a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> I have a funny story for meeting Woody at Disneyland when I was five. Like, So I went up to him and I was like, where's your gun, Woody? And he was like, Dang, you called him out and he was like, oh, no yeah. one will notice I don't have a gun. <laughs> First kid. Where's he gun? He pulls on his own string. Reach for the sky. <laughs> Get out of here, kid. Uh, D.Y., we got some news about the transfer portal today. The NCAA Division One, whatever um, announced that the portal window is going to be changing for all sports instead of 60 days. It's now down to 45 days. You're my recruiting guy. What's your reaction? Uh, I don't really have one me neither like i don't know that that's really going to change the dynamics of anything other than accelerating some people's thought process but just wholesale i i like i don't think there's going to be an effect on that at all i think the coaches are it's really that's probably more on the coaches wanting to mine it for a shorter amount of time and wanting to give athletes less time to jump in. So it's like, get off, make your decision or get off the pot kind of thing here. 
Well, I'm sure you're at the coordinators today. It was moved up because, of course, the Cats play on Friday, so the coordinators talked on uh, on Wednesday. And uh, I'm sure Joe Klanneman was asked about Asa Newsom. The bad news we heard yesterday that he's going to be out for the year in, in redshirt due to injury with K-State now thin at linebacker. But I don't know. I'm sure Joe Klanneman was pretty upset about that. Yeah, I mean, I think he felt for the kid yeah. who he thought was headed in the right direction and was going to be able to – help them out more and more over the next few weeks and maybe by the end of October, even playing perhaps a considerable role on the defense. So I think he felt for him. Uh, it probably doesn't have an immediate effect on Kansas State defense, but uh, I, I guess one takeaway, and, and I don't know that the Asa Newsom news necessarily you know, accelerates this at all. It was probably already the case in a considerable uh, fashion, but – I mean, they're going to need a lot of Jake Clifton for the rest of the year. So uh, he's got a lot on his plate, probably playing multiple spots. And it wouldn't surprise me because of that. I mean, he's probably the back but at all three linebacker spots. At the When you look after each game and look at snap counts, it wouldn't surprise me. If you see Jake Clifton's and you just assumed he was the starter just by the sheer number of snaps, he's probably going to end up taking when you met Woody and Buzz, how old were you? Uh, tw- how old am I now? This was a couple months ago. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I mean, is 30-something – I mean, let's let's talk this out here. Is 30-something a little old to be that uh, giddy about running into some mascots? No. It, the, don't don't try don't to, know. like, shame me on live radio. Oof. Like, don't do that. That's not fair. Oh. It's Come on. Like, I, I mean, if it was it, me, it, I wouldn't expect so anything ba- less. Is it, is it so bad to act like a kid? Well, like, uh, you, did you do like, an audible? Did you do an audible? Woody! Like, were, did you say anything? Or <laughs> did you do, like, a tiny dance of some kind? Or it was, Yeah, an audible Woody, for sure. It's like, <laughs> oh, my God, there he is. <laughs> okay. That's that's like, fine. That's good. That's good. Yeah, but I mean, it was. I don't know. I mean, you, when you're when you get, we're all probably the same age. When we get in our sixties, we're going to wish we had that same kind of energy and glee yeah. over something. Like that, that. That's, that's a great that's, point. Fair point. I, and I'll be honest with you. So I've been to Disney World twice. I uh, did not. I, I'm a goofy guy. Mm-hmm. I did not see Goofy the first time around. Second time around, uh, did see Goofy just kind of come out of nowhere, and he's kind of walking down the road and walked by me. And I did give him one of these Goofy, like one of those things. Mm. I got, I got a, I got a picture with Goofy, and I, and I got a Goofy coffee cup. See, and, and tell me that doesn't make you a little jealous, like just a little bit jealous that he said that just now. I mean, yeah, I would it, like it, to it, fist you know, bump. You know what's funny? You asked me how old I was, <laughs> and and I knew it was a couple months ago. I was actually trying to determine my age by just I couldn't come up with the number <laughs> when, you, when you get to a certain age I think you forget how old you yeah, are and, yeah. and and for going forward you just kind of have to do the math well I was born in 89 so I only do the math here that's how I determine my age anymore I forget I, I I'm like when the t- the the calendar turns to the new year like when you used to write the dates on your papers or whatever and you forget it's the new year I'm like that with an age. Like mm-hmm. when I turn when I turn 33, I still feel like I'm 32, mm-hmm. and 32 is the first number I go to. Um, let's let, let's go ahead and take our next break or first break rather. When we come back, let's get more on the cats. We'll talk offense. We'll talk a little defense, a little special teams, a little crouton. Coming up next on the game. 
We're back on the game, and we're back with the Derek Young from K-State Online. We continue to talk cats, and uh, we've had our bye week. We now get set for two days away. Uh, the Cats and Pokes sold out Boone Pickens Stadium uh, in Stillwater, Oklahoma. You, you, I remember you mentioned or you asked D.Y. yesterday with Kleiman about the vertical passing attack, and you know it's it's clear that, that that does need to get better. It can be more explosive. How much that does that rely on to get better Keegan Johnson's game also being more explosive and more downfield. That that that's the entire element, I think. And look, Jaden Jackson's proved that he can supply that, you know, in, in moments, which is a really good thing that you kind of develop that while Keegan Johnson slowly, you know, improves his health situation. But it, it is clear that they were going to, or at least wanted to, be reliant or counted on Keegan Johnson to provide that element. Because there's just nobody else in that receiver room that can really consistently provide it at the same clip. So that's why Keegan Johnson's health is pretty vital. Now, I will say they're able to do it a little bit at the tight end position a little bit Mm -hmm. more um, with Garrett Oakley, both Garrett Oakley and Ben Sinnott, which might be two of your better pass catching options. But you do need someone that can really, really stretch the field. And that's got to be Keegan Johnson. And he can't do it unless unless he feels a lot better and it sounds like this is the best he's felt in a while so i wonder if we do see his best game this friday yeah colin klein earlier today was complimenting a good week for keegan johnson it's the healthiest he has looked so hopefully that translates into and that you know obviously shows uh in stillwater in a couple of days i'll ask you this question because we know you want to see the passing game be more explosive bigger plays and of course the defense they want to limit the bigger plays. They've given up a a few too many so far to begin the year, but what do you have more optimism in of happening in the next couple of games? Is it the bigger passing game or the lessening the bigger plays by the defense? The passing game, uh, their own passing game, just because some of it can, can happen right now. If if they connect right, Will Howard missed that throw to whether, I don't know if Jane Jackson got tugged by a defender, but he missed that that long touchdown against UCF to Jaden Jackson he missed the one to Garrett Oakley. He might have had another one at Garrett Oakley if they don't get sacked. So they're already having the opportunities on offense, but defensively it's a sign of inexperience. And you don't go from being inexperienced to growing up and absolutely knowing what to do in every situation in two or three weeks. Now maybe it happens in six to eight weeks. So, I, look, I think for those listening, I think the Kansas State defense is going to continue to get better. And it's going to be a product that you might even enjoy by the end of the season. But I think you're going to see more frustrations and, and growing pains as time goes on until they go from being first-year starters in Game 3 and Game 4 to becoming first-year starters that are now in Game 9 and Game 10. It's going to take more time on the defensive side of the ball. I also wanted to touch on special teams for the obvious reason. Chris Tennant missed a couple of kicks against UCF. There was a 26-yarder and also missed an extra point, which was, again, it's, you know, extra points cannot be missed. And Coach Kleiman has said that on multiple occasions. But he also said on Tuesday that Tennant responded with a very positive week. And he has uh, confidence in Tennant to bounce back. And that starts on Friday against Oklahoma State, but we, we've seen the struggles before. The thing is, there's not a Ty Zentner waiting to potentially take over who has just all that experience, a little bit of kicking experience in live games, and of course the punting and and the kickoffs. With Tennant, do you need to see it 
to believe it? Yeah, it's it's put up or shut up time right now for Chris Tennant, and and hopefully you can just put it up and we can everything will be behind us going from now moving forward. What I will say in terms of you know you don't have any Ty Zettner waiting in the wings, so to speak. That's true, but I don't know that they really expected or knew what they were going to get from Ty Zettner from a field goal kicking perspective because he had never really done it, at least not at the Power Five level to that extent. And he actually struggled in place kicking at Butler Community College. He was more of a punter there as well. Let's uh, we got it shift for a couple of more minutes here. Let's touch on uh, recruiting. Saw BJ Kennedy uh, earlier today. He's committed to Cal Berkeley, which is interesting. His sister's at Stanford, mm. uh, so uh, a, a family rivalry there. But I don't know if K State. I don't know how strong they were in that recruitment. But we're huh? still waiting yeah. on Grant Bricks and uh, Michael Boganowski, who's right now questionable for the Manhattan game. Is there anything uh, to report? Yeah, I mean, congratulations to BJ Kennedy finding a Power Five home at Cal Berkeley, and hopefully he'll have a solid career, you know, on the in the Pacific Time Zone. Even though he's going to be playing in the Eastern Time Zone a lot because yeah. Cal's headed for the ACC, that's just where we are in conference realignment. I don't think K State and KU were legitimate options, though. Obviously, so um, that's where that stands. Michael Boganowski coming off an injury. We'll see if he plays uh, this week. At, I heard that he might, but uh, I wouldn't call that a certainty. I still think we're probably two weeks away or so from his college decision between Kansas State, Mm. Kansas, and Oklahoma, and Grant Bricks. No update there, no change at least, probably the status quo. um, No telling when that will occur, but I imagine Kansas State, Oklahoma, and Nebraska, the three front runners that seem to be jostling back and forth in terms of who leads and who doesn't. We got a few minutes left here. Uh, ask you a Big Twelve question. Most interesting game on the Big Twelve slate, of course, uh, this weekend, not including K State and Oklahoma State. More interesting, OU Texas or UCF KU? I think, to be honest, I think for me, for my money, and people can call me crazy all they want. Texas Oklahoma is, you know, if you don't include the K State game, the for us, the third would be third to me. I would put. Number one, probably Texas Tech at Baylor, because yeah. I think that game matters a lot going forward, especially in the immediate future for Kansas State, because if Texas Tech were to fall again, and this time at Baylor, you'll wonder where they are at from a mental standpoint when they host the Wildcats the following week. So that's kind of like which team is going to be kind of checked out the rest of the year bowl there a little bit between Texas Tech and Baylor. And the winner probably has their season revived with a lot more hope than it originally had. UCF, Kansas, a little bit the same thing. I think KU can lose that and still feel good about themselves, but they need to figure out their inner workings at quarterback a little bit, and maybe that'll help them unlock that mystery. But if UCF loses that after the way they lost to Baylor, already got thumped in the Sunflower State once, that would make them 0-3 in the Big 12. So a very pivotal game for the Knights. I like both of those games, Texas Tech at Baylor, and UCF at KU. Well, g- give some advice to the betters out there. With games that are even or like real thin margins, like KU is a two-point favorite, and they're basically coin flips, are you touching those games? I probably would not touch the KU game just because of the quarterback uncertainty. John Rice Plumley is supposed to return for UCF, but do we know that for sure? Probably not. You, for KU, you might be seeing Jason Bean at quarterback. You might be seeing Jalen Daniels. You like the home team in those tight games a lot of the time, but with the quarterback 
uncertainty. I just wouldn't touch it. Texas Tech at Baylor. Baylor has their starting quarterback back. Texas Tech does not. Baylor is the home team. I would go Baylor in that situation. I don't know if the KU fans are going to show up. They 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 got uh, kind of uh, taken to the woodshed a little bit about uh, not sticking around for games and, and oh. not selling out some uh, not selling out the contest. I I would put more money on John Rice Plumley playing over Jalen Daniels at this point. It's still dated. As a matter of fact, they didn't really even have an update today on Jalen Daniels. Uh, but o- only thing is, he just didn't practice. Yeah, I, I will say this. Like, I think UCF has to have John Rice Plumley to win that game, but I don't think KU has to have Jalen Daniels to win that game. Mm-hmm. Boy, I don't know. They can I, win with Jason Bean, especially yeah. knowing a full week in advance and be able to uh, assemble a, a, a plan geared around him and not a, another quarterback then I would trust the Kansas OC. Jason Bean's won and done well for them more than once. So I think they can win with Jason Bean. Uh, UCF will probably have Plumlee, but I don't think they can win that game with Timmy McClain. Well, with that, D.Y., we can go ahead and wrap it up. I'm very happy you got to meet your heroes recently. Mm -hmm. And uh, safe travels to Stillwater. Enjoy the game, and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, you got the – do you have the Manhattan Junction City game? I will. I'm going to be broadcasting that game, so I'm staying here. Do you want me to text you updates throughout the contest? You could if you want. I've actually thought about having the game on my tablet and distracting myself with it while I'm trying to call the game. <laughs> oh, the, the, I've never heard of a play-by-play doing that. I, I figured that could be very confusing. I think... Uh, what what I, if I, you start calling the Kansas State yeah. game during the Manhattan game yeah. just by accident? Well, so I remember during the 2020 season, that was the last time I sat in the actual press area. And when they add crews like Gus Johnson, uh, Joe Klatt... Uh, other crews there during the home games. I did notice that they would have other games on monitors in there. Yeah, okay. See, I, I don't know because I would be like calling the Manhattan Junction City game, you know, first down, blah, blah, blah. Then I'd be looking at the Kansas State game, and then I'd probably start calling DJ Giddens going in for a score and have everyone confused. Well, here's uh, what I'm going to uh, do. I'm going to have it on my laptop, but I'm going to have multiple tabs open. I'm going to have my – I always put together a, a scoreboard, a high school scoreboard that I have my board op update as the night goes on so I can update on scores. I'll have it mostly on that, but I'll peek over at the Cats once in a while. Yeah, you could stay tuned into the group chat and see the meltdown over a 20-point win. Oh, God, I can't (laughs) wait. All right, D.Y., I'll let you go. Thanks a lot, man. Anytime. Derek Young, K-State Online, Three Mile Podcast. Power K Game Day joins us here on the game, but guys, we're not done yet. Oh boy. We're taking you until 5.30. That's when I'm going to bounce, and we're going to get you into some ESPN radio at 5.30. Uh, but when we come back, the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Hoys. Oh, <laughs> Travion, cut that. In three, two, one. And coming up next, the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis on the game. The Kansas City Chiefs 3-1 and one winners of three straight after a Sunday night football victory at the New York Jets 23-20. Uh, that final score, welcome back to the game, Mitch Fortner, David G., Travion Berkland. We are now joined by the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. Mitch, we got to lead off what everybody's talking about. Since the last time we talked, have you gone an hour 
without talking or hearing about Taylor Swift? Waking or sleeping, because sleeping would be the only time. Uh, <laughs> it's seemingly every waking hour. Actually, I, I don't do this a lot during the season, but I spoke to a big group in Des Moines, Iowa today, <clears throat> and uh, that was the topic of discussion for like the first 10 minutes of private conversations. I'm like, what planet am I on? So, I mean, you wouldn't think Mahomes would be like second page news, but I mean, Taylor Swift, well, she just takes over, man. But yeah, we're uh, we're in a whole other stratosphere here when you've got, oh, not only you know, ESPN and the NFL Network covering you, but you've got TMZ and the New York Post that's following you around. And just to calm things down, just to calm all this down, oh, let's go to New York and play on Sunday Night Football. Like, come on. It was, it's crazy, man. All the all the fake stuff. People that I really respect know go. She was on the trip to Jacksonville and to New York. I saw her come down to jet ramp with Cal. Like, no, that's fake. Like AI. That's the world of you know. So no, uh, that that's what gets you is like the fake stuff you have to deal with. Like, come on, people, just have some sense here. When you've been tra- around Travis Kelsey, does he seem smitten right now about this latest relationship? I don't know. No. I mean, I've had some conversation with him. In fact, I got on the elevator Saturday night with him uh, after I was at an event in South Manhattan, and he's walking the hotel with me at 1045. So if the New York Post said he was all night with Taylor Swift, then he had to sneak out uh, at some point. Like, come on. Uh, but you can imagine, like, if, if Ben Sennett uh, was starting to date Taylor Swift, what would happen to the Wildcat Nation? It would be crazy. It's... Uh, it, it's fine. They get in the convertible and drive away from the game. I mean, it's a little bit of, feels like a little bit of Friday Night Lights or, you know, like the, um, the cheerleader with the uh, star of the team or something. I don't know. I, I know this. I've not been like a, I'm not a Swifty. I, think, I guess I, all these Swifties are becoming Chiefs fans. So I guess I've studied that she's had 274 songs. But she is a bit of a genius where you can, oh, country. Is that country? Oh, no, it's a ballad. It's Romeo and Juliet, or, hey, it's teen Friday Night Lights kind of song, or, oh, and it's real deep. Oh, no, it's hip-hop. Like, she's got it all covered. She's, she's got to this point uh, with a very good strategy and a lot of talent. Well, I can tell you what happened if Ben Simmett, Ben Sennett ended up getting a relationship <laughs> with Taylor Swift. He's automatically on the Ring of Honor. There's no question. <laughs> He's an All-American, and you're and- shutting down Aggieville. I shouldn't, I know, and I shouldn't even, Ben would be mad at me. I get, I like, I really like that kid. But he got, he is dating Taylor Swift. She's just from Keith. It's a different Taylor Swift. Uh, she, she's just, been, she finished last year at Riley County High. And I think she's going to K-State. She might be a Manhattan Christian. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's just a different Taylor Swift. But you can put that out there and see how that goes over with Coach tomorrow. Well, let, let's jump back to Sunday with the Chiefs' three-point win after they led seventeen to nothing, and then I, the, you know it came obviously much competitive, much more competitive after the safety, and then the Jets making the comeback. I tell you what, what a what a clutch play that was on a third and twenty-three. Mahomes scrambles for a twenty-five yard gain and a fresh set of downs. I wouldn't have known this unless you said it on your broadcast, but Mahomes became the the leading quarterback rusher in franchise history with that run. Yes, he did. And Alex, wow. of course, you know, Alex had some big runs. I remember his 51-yarder against the Lions in London in 2015, but you think more of Alex as a runner. You don't think of Mahomes as a runner, and yet if we walk back through this 67-17 and 17 record that he's got 
as a starting quarterback, we're going to find a whole bunch of runs that come to mind. The bad ankle at the 30, bad ankle at the 20 run in Super Bowl 57, the run where he gets hit out of bounds against Cincinnati, AFC Championship game. Oh, in the AFC Championship game against the Titans in 2019, before the half, he, he basically pulled Mike Brable's stocking hat over his head with his run at the end of the half. It's way underrated. There's a lot of stuff way underrated about Patrick Mahomes, but his running ability that he's not going to win the Big 12 100-meter dash, but I mean in 20 to 25 yards, he's going to make a dynamic play, and he's done it over and over. People just haven't recognized it enough. Well, also, I don't think Kansas City wins that game without a strong performance by uh, Isaiah Pacheco. He scored the first touchdown of the game, 158 all-purpose. And to you, is this is this stock continuing to rise this year? Uh, no question. And it's becoming uh, even more so because he's a receiver. Now, Mahomes will tell you he blew up the other night. The Jets, who have a good defense, really good defense, had started to play him differently. They were, after they kind of got the game flipped, as you alluded to, and these games get this turn on a 164th of an inch in the NFL. And so the punt, the penalty, the safety, then it's a pick. Oh, gosh, a pick by Pat. And then it's a field goal. And now the Jets are in the game, but they should have been out of the game. And, and Patrick misread a few things. And he said, I had the check down. Well, the check down many times is going to be Pacheco. What Pacheco has done is grown in the area of being a receiver. There's a couple routes that we ran to him the other night that were routes to him, but most of the time he's going to be a check-down guy. Well, now he gets it in the flat with a full head of steam. That's like our brother Giddens getting it, right, uh, for K-State with a full head of steam. Tackling him is way different than tackling uh, Jarek McKinnon, although the Jets not fun to tackle either, but it's a whole different issue when you tackle Pacheco. So your, your question's a good one. My answer is yes especially as a receiver, to make a dynamic play, just like a Mahomes run on a check down. A seven-yard throw can become a 27-yard gain or 37 with yards after contact. It's one of the sneaky things about the 3 and one start. This team is getting yards after contact from people other than Kelsey. Noah Gray comes to mind, his play against the Jaguars, and Pacheco is the, uh, he's the screenshot for that and what he did against the uh, Jets the other night. I noticed that Patrick Mahomes through four games has almost exact same numbers as Will Howard. Uh, over 1,000 yards yeah. passing with eight touchdowns and, and four interceptions. But the, the yardage is actually the lowest in his career through, uh, through the first four games. I do have some concerns. You can tell me if I'm overblowing this and, and you'll be the voice of reason, but I, I do worry a little bit about the wide receivers with the drop passes, separation on one-on-ones. And Jawan Taylor at right tackle, it's not just the flags, it's you know some of the pass blocking. It was a bit rough against the Jets. Am I overblowing any of that, or is it accurate? Well, I think it's where you're going, like, is there the upside? And let me give you this one, and I can't take credit for it. Matt McMullen and I work with him so closely. Look at the receivers after four games a year ago. Just take the wide receivers, not the tight ends or the running backs. You guys can do this. You can pull up the stats and then look at him this year, you're going to find it's remarkably close in targets, catches, yards. Now, the drops, and most notably in the Detroit game, uh, are different than a year ago. What you're hoping is last year you knew there was going to be upside with Juju Smith-Schuster, and you'd seen it from McCall Hardman. Now you're hoping that comes from Sky Moore, Rashi Rice, Kadarius Toney. Uh, this is a big week. I mean, there's, uh, the Vikings, if they stay true to their uh, template, will blitz. They're the number one blitzing team in the NFL. 
that means you're going to get shots as a wide receiver. But you're gonna, it's different than the Chicago game where I have to find zones. Chicago's playing zone all over the field. I'm going to squat in the zone. Hey, Pat, I'm here. Find me. Oh, I caught it. I'm going to run now. This is different where it's a fraction of a second. It's hot. It's the wedding crashers hot route, hot route with Vince Vaughn raising his leg. Now you've got to be, uh, you've got to catch the pass. And so the RPOs come into play this week in a fraction of a second, adjust the body, make, make the catch. And so that has to happen. I think that's where perhaps the concern or trepidation is. But when you compare the numbers to a year ago, you'll be stunned how similar they are. Mitch, you won't believe this, but I just did a, a Google search for Chief Stats, and all I got was Taylor Swift <laughs> selfie-to-hug ratio in the Jets game. So I did that the other night. You belong with me popped up. I'm like, why is that? <laughs> so i like, oh, yeah, that's a good song. I mean, I don't know her 200 stuff, but they'll play it, and they're like, oh, yeah, I've heard of that song. I just didn't know it was a Swifty song I should have known every lyric about. Uh, but, yeah, for sure, that's, that's where we're at, buddy. That's, welcome to my world. One question about the defense. Uh, Drew Tranquil, uh, who signed in the offseason to play linebacker, Nick Bolton got hurt, so he's been playing more in the last couple of games. I loved him in the Jets game. Is Kansas City getting the money's worth right now with him? Oh, more so, with Bulls being out. and Hopefully Bulls back this week. Uh, more so, because he's been thrust into a role where he was going to be complimentary but it hasn't been complimentary the last two games, especially when you're running one of the more complicated and more creative defenses in all of football and for sure the National Football League, and you're the green dot. You have got to be the, the traffic hop of getting everybody right call, everybody in the right place. That's all been put on Tranquil's plate the last two weeks. He's a very good tackler. He also has the ability with ball skills to make a play. Maybe that's this week. But while we're on this, can I bring something up? Because I like, whether it's K-State or the Chiefs, I like to look for those plays that people forget. Uh, the Noah Gray 12-yard run with breaking three tackles in the Jacksonville game to set up a fourth and two that leads to the first touchdown is something I think we talked about two weeks ago. Brian Cook's touchdown-saving tackle and the 43-yard run by Wichita Northwest Reese Hall is really the, the equivalent of a pick six. You guys realize that? I know you do because yeah. you guys are astute observers of the game. If you sit down with the defensive coaches at K-State, they'll look at this play and he goes, oh, that saved a touchdown. That's going to be a Brees Hall 70-some yard run. Brian Cook saved the day and saved a touchdown. That's the same as if Brian Cook had a pick six. Because that's a, you know, it gets down to one possession game. If, if Brees Hall goes all the way, who knows what's going to happen in that game. Brian Cook made an outstanding play as the last line of defense. Uh, to make that stop. The other are the three stops that were made. So after the Brees Hall run to the 43 of Kansas City, and there were three possessions where the Jets could have taken the lead on any of the three, and they got 0-0 and 0 points, and they had the ball right at midfield or even better. And the Chiefs defense, when you mentioned Tranquil, came alive to stop a very Jack Civilian, like their game against Duval, when they had to take over... Uh, defensive starts at the 17 and then later 14 and the one and the Jacksonville Jaguars got no touchdowns. That's unheard of in this day and age in the National Football League and even the Big 12 to get those six stops that meant everything in winning those two games. Mitch, to wrap up, the Chiefs uh, making a trip to the Vikings. First trip to the uh, new U.S. Bank Stadium. It's not new, but it's, I, I guess, for Kansas City fans, if their first trip, it'll be new. Uh, to you guys, but the Vikings are 1-3. It's not been a good start, although they won their last game. What are some keys for this matchup? 
They are so talented, so talented. We know about Justin Jefferson. That, I mean, Daniil Hunter is the most underrated pass rusher, maybe in, for sure in the NFC. Then they've got Harrison Smith, who saved their season with his uh, talk about a blitzing player that can do dynamic things. He did that and got the ball out from Bryce Young, ends up being a scoop and score, or the Vikings probably lose that game last week to be 0-4. Here's what stands out. The Vikings are uber-talented, but they have turned the ball over 11 times in four weeks. Kirk Cousins of the Netflix. One in the NFL with 11 touchdown passes. But he's lost three fumbles in four weeks. That's seven giveaways in four weeks. That is deadly. And that is the reason they are one and four. On the other side, you've got to try to get some big plays if they do blitzing against you. And that's the stuff we covered four paragraphs ago. But this is a dangerous, talented Viking team that is desperate. But the keys are reading those blitzes, especially if you're the wide receivers. Blitz pickup and protection is obvious. What's not so obvious is I'm going to have to make a play on my back hip running away from the ball because it's hot, and that's where Pat's going to put it. That's the key. And the other side would be defensively. Torment these guys. Steal a possession. Score on defense. Trent McDuffie's just waiting to get a pick six one of these weeks. You mentioned Tranquil. He can do the same thing. But have this defense not only be impactful in getting stops, but get that big takeaway that turns into seven points the other way, and you'll win this game and go to four and one. Three and one Chiefs, Vikings one and three this Sunday. Mitch, uh, greatly appreciate your time, and uh, luckily with uh, the Cats playing Friday, you should catch the game, and then uh, we'll hear the Chiefs on Sunday. Thank you so much. I've got it Friday night. Just tell me health in the RB room. Better? Right. And uh, Giddens is a pro. Yes, so sir. Ben Bennett, but Giddens, Giddens is a pro. Saw it last year. All right. If you don't come stay, go. Yep. Thanks a lot, Mitch. Big right. guys. That's the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, and uh, we're going to have a short hour, too. We're out at 5.30, but we're going to have, of course, Ask Us Anything with old DG. How many touches will DJ Giddens have against Oklahoma State? That'll be coming up next, so will be your local news. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the game.